cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW as the status symbol of choice. This is the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. This is a show about your life. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, is my co-host today as we answer your questions. The phone number is 888-825-5225. Matt starts off this hour in Huntsville. Hey, Matt, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Yeah, Dave, thank, thanks for having me on. First-time caller, long-term fan. Well, thank you, brother. How can we help today? Well, um, went to some of my first financial peace classes about 10 years ago. And, uh, my wife and I worked really hard at uh, becoming debt-free, which we did. Good for you. About a year year and a half ago. Good for you. And now I'm trying to figure out, you know, next chapter of my life, how do I how do I plan for, you know, potential early retirement and or, you know, just doing something different. Mm-hmm. And one of my concerns is uh, long-term care insurance. And I'm sort of a, I mean, I hate to say this, but I'm sort of an anti-insurance guy just because of the cost. Uh, that would be thing. all of us. Okay, <laughs> good. We, we believe in um, never buying insurance unless it's absolutely necessary. Exactly, exactly. And so anyway, so it's one of those last pieces that I'm trying to figure out, do I really need it or not? How old are you? Um, from a financial standpoint. How old are you? I'm 55. Okay. And what's your net worth now? $4.2 million. You don't need it? Great. Okay. <laughs> Simple. All right. Let me okay. give you that. Now let me tell you why I said that and see if you agree with me. Okay. Sure. The average nursing home stay is 2.4 years. Yeah. Uh, the average. And the average is about 100000 a year. So let's call it quarter million dollars. Okay. So your risk is zero to 500000 Right? Yeah. If I did those numbers right, you can handle yep. that risk. If you burn through 500000 mama's left with three and a half. She's going to party when you're gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For multiple okay. reasons. <laughs> She's got plenty yeah. left to throw a party. A big wake is because we're all going to be sad. But yeah. But <laughs> right. yeah. I'm just, I'm talking to you like my wife talks to me. So there you go. But uh, no, I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no. you, you got, and you got five years. So by the way, if you do nothing with that net worth except keep it invested at around a 10% rate of return, your four and a half in seven years will be nine. Yeah. And you'll be 62. The chances of someone yeah. going into a nursing home and spending a dollar with a nursing home prior to age 60 is very close to zero, statistically. Yeah. So so let me ask you this. Would you recommend, you know, kind of putting that into some sort of a safe fund for the future? Or no. just keep on investing no. and, and just keep on You got on nine and a half million. You can come up with a half work. million. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yep. You're going to be fine. I mean, you, you just got a big old chunk of mutual funds in your 401k. She needs to write some yep. checks to the nursing home because you get early dementia or whatever onset. Then, boom, she writes checks, and she burns through a half million. She's more than good. Because here's the thing. 75% of the ladies outlive their husbands. Yeah. And so the normal scenario with someone with a three or a $500,000 net worth is Papa goes in the nursing home, burns, burns through the nest egg, cracks and scrambles the nest egg, and gets taken care of and dies and leaves mama broke. So this yeah. is why if you've got three to 500000 in net, net worth, you definitely buy long-term care insurance the day you turn 60. It's your birthday present to your wife. Yeah. But in your case, you're self-insured. I'm self-insured. I'm 61. I didn't buy it. Okay? I got yeah. plenty of money. Sharon's got plenty of money. She's got too much money if I die. 
It's not good. So I'm having to sleep <laughs> with one eye open. But, yeah. So that's – yeah, you're good, Matt. You're good. So, yeah. And, and so long-term care insurance is a little bit like um, the old Willie Nelson joke about taxes, right? Mm. You, you either want to have um, – be broke and the government provides you with mm-hmm. nursing home care through medicaid welfare mm-hmm. and you're 100 percent broke or you need to be so wealthy that you can you know 10 million dollars and you can afford a half million yeah. it's the it's the folk in the middle that can get burned up with it and the old joke with the waylon jennings told uh willie nelson was he said you know the irs is suing me for a million dollars and jennings said that's really good because if it was fifteen thousand dollars, you'd have a problem. Since it's a million dollars, they got a problem. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's true. So it's that kind of thing. So you want to be on one end or the other of it, and th- th- you know that that's a. But it's a really good kind of insurance to have if you're in that slot where yeah. you've got less than a million dollar net worth, yeah. greater than poverty level yeah. net worth, because you're going to go through some serious money, and you're going to feel people have this emotional reaction as if the nursing home somehow you know, uh, uh, robbed them, you know, right. pointed a gun at them. And I don't want the nursing home to get all my money. You know, yeah. it's like, well, you don't want the restaurant to get all your money, but you keep going over there and eating, you know. Right. So uh, they provide a service. You pay for it. There's a third option. Stacy and I have discussed this. I don't know how serious she is. But, you know, I get to that point. Instead of paying the nursing home, I just told her to take me out to the Alaskan bush and just let me wander off and let the Kodiaks take care of me. You know? Ken. <laughs> It's a joke, Dave. You with the with the Kodiaks and you. The, I just there's not a picture I can deal with. It's just you know. He'd be, I don't out, he'd be, be out there coaching. Burden. He'd be out there coaching him on a new career. I would be. I'd be. Uh, well, I'd be talking <laughs> you know, to a tree. You know, Kodiak. You Let know, him just go out there and wander. About, wander you know, off. You're just you're horrible. I know. Paige is in Salt Lake City. Hey, Paige, what's up? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Sure. How can we help? Um, my question is kind of a two-parter one. Um, I am a college student, and I was just wondering what's the best way to find scholarships online without being scammed, and what site? What do you think about the sites that find the scholarship for you but require subscription fee to do so? Uh, yeah, we've investigated most of them. Actually, considered buying two of them. Uh, on the subscription and the problem we found is is there's kind of two classes of this scholarship stuff that shows up in these databases uh one class of scholarship is kind of hard to find uh because they don't spend a lot of money advertising the fact that they give out a scholarship and it's a legitimate scholarship it's the the uh, kiwanis club there in your county and they put out twenty five hundred dollars but they really don't have like a big site and they don't spend a lot of time putting it on one of the subscription sites and paying them for it to be on there so they can give away money. Uh, that's who you're really after. Then there's another kind of uh, scholarship that we don't talk about a lot here, but we're finding it as we do research in this space because I'm dying to build some kind of product to help you guys. And I just haven't been able to figure out a way to do it yet. Our, our product team has been working on it for about two years. But um, and that's why we've investigated. But the other kind, that's, there's this litter, this clutter in the space, and it's they're scholarships, but they're – they're not really scholarships. They're really putting the scholarship out there to collect your data and to get you to sell you right. something. And so it's kind of a it's kind of a fishing expedition on their part. And those are the ones you're running into that are pissing you off. I can tell. Um, you, you're talking about scammed. I mean, you know, you know. So you don't want to pay to do that for sure. So the the truth of the matter is is that you've got some work to do to dig out the hard to find ones. 
and to comb through some of the subscriptions. If you get one scholarship and you paid for a subscription of $200 a year and you got a $1,000 scholarship, you came out, okay? But you are going to have some crap in there that you got to wade through to get to it. Um, and, and, you know, just keep following Christina Ellis, our Ramsey personality. She's the absolute expert on this stuff. the risk of becoming a victim of ID theft has skyrocketed. Today, thieves steal your info for not only financial fraud, but for tax refund and social security fraud, medical ID theft, criminal acts, and even home title fraud. How do they get your info? Data breaches, internet hacks, phishing scams, malware, the list goes on and on. Cleaning up the mess is a huge nightmare, so having a protection plan, in my opinion, is just a necessity. But spending hundreds of dollars a year with these hyped-up protection plans is just a waste. That's why the only plan I have ever recommended is through Xander Insurance. Xander has bundled the cyber tools you need to protect your data with top-notch ID theft recovery services if you become a victim. It's the most thorough and cost-effective protection on the market. Plus, they cover your kids for free. Call them at 800-356-4282 or visit Xander.com. Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, joins me this hour. Open for this today as my co-host. I'm sorry. Open phones at 888-825-5225. You're out of here after yeah. this hour. I'm just See saying. everybody. It's They're been great. Toss you. <laughs> uh, Alex is with us. Alex is in Nashville. Hi, Alex. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hello, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. I'll try to be concise. I work in IT since COVID uh, overtime has been readily available. My base salary is forty thousand. I've been able to make about sixty-five thousand since COVID uh, annually for the past two years. I've used that surplus to pay off debt and cash flow a wedding. I found out today our rent is going up by five hundred dollars, and I'm wondering if I should do the budget for our rent as we plan to move or not move based on overtime or based on my base salary. Wow. Uh, if the overtime is going to be there, I don't mind you doing the point of the whole, the whole thing. There's no magic to the fourth of your income going to housing. The The whole point of it is don't be house poor, whether you're renting or whether you own, if your house payment, your rent is a huge percentage of your, the money you have available, then you don't have any money left after you pay it. It's kind of a simple big number concept it's not a splitting hairs difference here uh but that's a lot of overtime uh are you going to continue to work that kind of overtime for a while to come just for another year i should have my student loans paid off in the next six eight months mm-hmm. um so i'm looking forward to pay to paying that off that's the ultimate goal yeah um from a numbers perspective our rent is going to go up to twenty five hundred dollars a month if they don't come down we've submitted like a like a basically an on we've tried to negotiate. So our rent is either going to go up for, to 2500 bring home per month between my girlfriend and I, and we get married in October, we bring home about $7,000 a month uh, net. So that's, you know, it's a little higher than 25%. So I don't know if we should move to someplace cheaper. Yeah, you or should. what we should do. You should if you can. And and, and the reason is simple. Um, the, the rent is, is, 
you know, it's patience. You're, you're not investing in something here. You're parking your butt somewhere until you get some money and buy a house. And the more you pay in rent, the long, the less money you're going to have for other things like getting out of student loan debt and like uh, buying a house. And so, okay. you know, anything I can do to get cheap, cheaper rent anytime, I'm going to try to do it within reason. And so, um, yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, rents in Nashville have gone through the roof uh, because a stupid mayor raised the property taxes through the roof. The um, Comrade Cooper, the mayor I was mayor hoping there, you were going to put that out know. there, yeah. Oh, my God, he's Comrade just destroyed Cooper. the economy yeah. over there. But the uh, not destroyed it, but it just hammered the businesses and everybody else. And so those high property taxes are now being reflected in your rent because the landlord's costs went up. And so you get to pay the taxes is what it amounts to. Um, <clears throat> Alex, what do you do in IT? What's your position? So I basically help our company keep people working from home. So we have thousands of people that work from home. When those thousands of people have an issue, they call a number. I talk to them and work them, help them stay online, okay. keep them working. So, so internal tech support would be one way of saying it. Correct. Uh, what's your goals in technology? Do you see a ladder? Do you have something you aspire to in technology? So I was in the midst of making a career transition before the overtime became available. Um, so I'm just using the overtime as a vehicle to pay off my debt. Ultimately, my goals are not in IT. Okay. Well, I, 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 the reason I asked that is I think Dave's right. I, I would lower my rent, and I would also pretty quickly uh, get out of this overtime reliance and move yourself up the professional ladder so we're increasing our income uh, as well as decreasing that rent as we're saving for a house. So uh, sounds like he's got a good plan. Yeah, that's exactly what I would do. Yeah, because here's the thing. The rent is – I did that when I, when Sharon and I first got married a million years ago. Um, we rented a – our first property that we rented was very expensive. And uh, I was actually um, – I thought I was so proud because I was renting the Taj Mahal. Right. I mean, you know, it was course. great. It was an yeah. amazing property. And um, I went to visit my old elementary school principal now that I had come back home to Nashville. Oh, uh, yeah. Local boy does good. Just just dropped by to say sure, hi. Right. I, had, I had a job. I had a wife. I thought <laughs> life was good. And she said, where are you living? And I told her. And she said, good Lord, what are you paying? And I told her. And she said, well, that's dumb. Why are you paying that much in rent? <laughs> yeah, really. We literally moved out of that property at the end of the lease six months later and cut our rent in half. Oh, that felt good. In half. That feels good. So uh, different numbers than Alex is dealing with, but it was a different world in those days. But, I mean, we moved to a one-bedroom apartment uh, in a not-so-great complex uh, to, and cut our rent. Actually, it was more than in half. That's wow. pretty bizarre when you yeah. think about it. But but that was a place to camp until we saved money That's to right. buy something. Temporary. And so it was it was a complete waste to mm-hmm. rent to spend a whole lot of money on rent. Spend as little money as you can on rent and yeah. So yeah, that that's that's the premise I'm coming at this. So Alex, you're getting the same advice that my own elementary school teacher uh, our school principal gave me uh, when I went back to visit you. I would have loved to have been there when she dropped that on you. She uh Just was boom. um Classic no nonsense. Classic no nonsense. What was her name? Point. Evelyn Hyde. Oh, Mrs. Hyde. Everybody Mrs. needs Hyde. a Mrs. Hyde in their life. Yeah, she, was a, she was a wonderful lady. That's yeah, cool. She, just an absolute jewel. All right, <laughs> let's see here. Earl in Philadelphia. Hi, Earl. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Yeah, how you doing, Dave? I'm a little nervous right now talking to you. But... <laughs> no troubles. But, um, how can we help? 
Yeah, um, I'm a government employee, and I'm looking to possibly uh, retire um, this coming year. And um, currently, right now, I have in my TSP about 1.8 million. Way to go! Uh, Whoa, <laughs> you're a rock star, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and and with the government, they you don't feel like you don't sound real impressed with you. I'm impressed with you. <laughs> I don't know. It's having that much money. It still makes me a little nervous. Um, but um, and, and it's traditional. But um, yeah, with the government, they provide you with like a um, you know, financial courses. And um, one of the guys who gave the course, I guess he's like a financial guy. And I just said, let me just talk to him. And he mentioned something about a fixed index annuity. And I know how you feel about annuities, but this fixed index annuity. Um, you know, he basically gave it a spin where, you know, when the market goes down, it doesn't really go down. And I don't know. I just don't really feel too good about it. And also, too, I'm, I, I did talk to one of the Smart Vester pros, mm -hmm. and I'm going to talk to another one, good. you know, to, to interview him. Good. But um, I, I just want to know, how, how do you feel about I mean, if, I don't know much about fixed index annuity. I did a little bit of research, mm -hmm. but I just want to hear it from you. Okay. Um. Well, basically what we're talking about is an indexed annuity that has a, has a floor to it. It's okay. not going to go below a certain return, probably 5% or 6% or something like that. And it's probably indexed. Typically, it'll be off of something like the S&P 500. Right, Meaning, right. In, indexed means it's not fixed. Indexed means it follows an index. Okay. okay. So, like, have you got uh, your, your TSP in the C plan? Some of yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. So the C is an index. Mm -hmm. That's an index. So you have an indexed investment now. If you have money in the S plan, that is an mm -hmm. index. It follows a small cap index. Uh, and so all you're doing is you'd find a, a group of stocks that the uh, weighted average of those stocks represent an index. So an S&P 500 is an index, and so it follows mm -hmm. that. The, the problem is not the index the pro or indexing. The problem is not the floor. The problem is that the annuity fees are double what you are, what you get with a mutual fund, and his commissions are four x what he would get if he sold you the same mutual fund, same index, without mm -hmm. without it being in an annuity. And so okay. this guy is this guy wants a commission. You need to run. Okay, <laughs> okay. I, I kind of got that feeling, but I said, you know, let me talk to someone. But I I just didn't feel right about it. Um, Trust you your know, feeling. So. Yeah, yeah, your your feeling yeah. was right, but that's that's all it is. It means it's gonna it's a conservative way that gives you a floor, but you're paying dearly for it. Um, it's not the end of the world. It's not an absolute horrible product. It's not as bad as like whole life or something like that. But it, it's uh, it's not as good as just a group of mutual funds with your SmartVestor Pro, which will have much lower fees. They make much less commission on you doing that. You got a much better situation. You got two million dollars. Um, you need to learn to trust your gut. You have a really good gut instinct. This is the Ramsey Show.
Ken Coleman, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today in the lobby of Ramsey Solutions on the debt-free stage. Kevin and Alyssa are with us. Hey, guys, how are you? We're doing fabulous, Dave. How are you? Better than we deserve. Welcome to Nashville. Where do you live? We live in Sullivan, Indiana. It's a very small rural community. Near what? Near Terre Haute. Okay, that'll work. Well, welcome. Good to have you guys. How much debt have you paid off? We paid off $72,000, and we cash flowed 18000 of that uh, towards my master's degree. Good for you. And your range of income, or, or how long did that take you? It took us 26 months. Good. And your range of income during that two years? Range of income was started at 90000 mm-hmm. and we today we're at one fifty two. Wow. Nice. nice jump. What do you all do for a living? Well, I'm a history teacher for mm-hmm. a high school called mm-hmm. Duggar Union Community Schools, cool. and I'm also in the Indiana Air National Guard. Great. Your master's in history? It is in history, Excellent. yes. Excellent. Good. Okay. And I work full-time as a federal employee, mm-hmm. and I work uh, part-time as an elected official on my local school board. Mm-hmm. Oh. Just to clarify, a different school board than Elisa, uh, so there's no nepotism there. Oh, I don't know. I thought, I thought, I thought you were setting up job security <laughs> for the history teacher here. I don't know, man. This is a... Yeah, we can lay off everybody but that particular history teacher. Yeah. Yeah, very good, guys. Very good. Cool. So what kind of debt was this 72000 Well, Dave, we're a little weird. We paid off our mortgage. Whoa! You're more than a little weird. You're actually very weird. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. How old are you guys? I'm 31. I'm 35. And you have a paid-for house? Yes. That makes you weird right there. I'm just... What's the house worth? Uh, in today's market, it's about 200000 nice. <laughs> I love it. How does it feel to not have a payment in the world in your 30s? Free. Very Feels free. free. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. Wow. I mean, most people never even think about paying off their mortgage, and you guys do it in your early 30s. What in the world inspired all of this? Well, about 26 months ago, we happened to be looking at our amortization schedule. I got that right here. Yep. Happened to have it. Just happened to have our amortization schedule. (laughs) And we were looking at our mortgage payment, and we realized how much we were paying to the bank in interest. Mm -hmm. Um, Over half of our mortgage payment every single month was going to interest, and very little was actually going towards the principal. Yeah. And so that upset us because we were just basically throwing money at the bank and so you know it's amazing there's a couple of times people really get upset about math one of them is the first time you ever get a paycheck and they hold taxes out mm-hmm. and you go what and the second time is when you figure out how bankers make money yeah, <laughs> yeah. right we were definitely giving the bankers a lot of money and so we decided we're not doing that anymore let's pay off our mortgage and get this done and I over with love it wow boom how'd you get introduced to ramsey well, Dave, we've been following the baby steps for years. Uh, been follow- I've called in the Ken Coleman show, uh, show twice. Wow. So we love you guys. Uh, we're a big fans. So we followed the baby steps from step one all the way to now we're on step seven. So yeah, we, we've paid off all the non-consumer debt and, or the non-mortgage debt. And that was $77,000 actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got to the point to pay off the mortgage. And we, that's when we uh, just tackled it. Just looked down and went, I only got two years. I can be done. Yeah, and, and, and actually, David, uh, it was supposed to be four years. That was our goal. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of to skip ahead just a little bit. Um, so we set a goal uh, 26 months ago, ago uh, as a God goal to say, you know, how can we pay this mortgage off in four years? Mm-hmm. And we said, mathematically, it can't happen. Uh, we mm-hmm. just don't have the income. Uh, but we had faith, and we had the faith that the Lord, the Lord would provide for us. Mm-hmm. And 
we just put our heads down and we're grinding. And um, a friend of ours has a good quote. When you live in the kingdom, you can't lose. And so our, our number one uh, piece of advice and our thing here is get into the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And the Lord provided. And whether it was stimulus money that we would get, we didn't need it, but we took it and we just uh, put it right towards a mortgage. And uh, we just kept on... Um, we were, we were blessed so much, and we just continued to be blessed because uh, um, it allowed us to pay it off, not in four years, but in 26 months. Yeah. I, I can't prove it theologically or biblically, but just observation for 30 years, I swear, I think God is standing around waiting on someone to start behaving, you know, and start going, oh, oh there's two that actually get it. I can give them some money. They're, they are worthy of trust. They are trustworthy. Oh, they're the, the, look at those two. I can give them some money. And and I can give them a chance to go make some more money because you're not afraid of work, you know. And so because we know that God provides for the birds, but he does not throw the worms in the nest. Right. Uh, they leave the nest, go get the worms out of the ground. And that's what you've been doing. You've been working. But God gave you open doors, gave you options, ways to do it uh, so that you could prosper. That's strong, man. I love that. Thank you. Good job, you guys. Yeah. yeah I, first, real quick question. Favorite period of history? I would probably have to say World War II is one of my favorites. Okay, cool. I just had to ask. Uh, <laughs> so when you guys decided, you'd already paid off debt pr- previously, and now you go, okay, we get after the home. And so I'm just curious, having gone through the first part of that, now coming after the home, what did you take from the first part of that journey of the consumer debt and all this other stuff, and how did it inform this journey, make you a little bit more effective? I'm just curious what you learned and then what you put into play as a result. Yeah, great question, Ken. So. Uh, the first, the first part we we learned about the journey in and itself. So when you set a big goal, um, when you're on that journey, it, it's the process of that journey that shapes you and shifts you and makes you a, a more refined person. It, you start building better daily habits. You start building better financial habits, healthy uh, eating habits, and so we just took those principles in, in the first uh, few baby steps and then applied them to this baby step. And and it's like this snowball; it got rolling, and we couldn't stop it. And um, what, yeah, we were just so blessed with, with that. Um, we just continued to work hard and uh, followed the principles. You guys talk about them all the time, and we just put them into practice. That's great. Way to go, you guys. Very well done. Favorite period in history, I'm going to guess. Founding of the nation. You know that. Revolutionary, Revolutionary War period. War. Yeah. Right. Uh, he's a history nut. Okay, so which is fun to travel with if you're touring, <laughs> if you're touring cities like Boston, right? So... Um, yeah, he knows more than the stupid travel travel guide or whatever the guy was walking around. Remember that guy? Yeah. I'll never forget. Yeah, that was interesting. So, hey, way to go, you guys. Yeah. What do you tell people the key to getting out of debt is? Yeah, the key is, uh, number one, get into the kingdom. Uh, yeah. Number two, um, set big goals. Goals so big they scare you. Mm-hmm. And because when you're on that journey, that's when you, you start becoming right. a better person and learning. Right. Um, we would also say uh, you're going to face adversity. Uh, there's no question. It's Murphy's going to hit you mm-hmm. uh, or you're going to fail. You're going to make bad decisions, but you just never give up. Uh, what was the biggest uh, adversity you had to leap over in this 26 months? 26 months, the biggest piece of adversity. Um, um, probably be our vehicles. Yeah. Um, well, our vehicles are 10 and 12 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, they constantly break down. There's um, adversity sitting in your driveway. Yes, <laughs> every single day. And actually, we just got one of our vehicles back out of the shop. We had to get a alternator replaced. And, oh, you know, it's like we could have very easily went and bought a brand new vehicle. But... I mean, it is time for you to move up in car now. Okay. I mean, you can wait, you can wait till these used car prices come down a little bit. Yeah, but that's right. You guys need some cars. Way to go, you guys. You're amazing. Well done.
Very well done. We got a copy of Baby Steps Millionaires for you. That's for sure your next chapter in this story. Very well done. And also a copy of the Total, Total Money Makeover for you to give away and get someone else started on the process. Bring the kids up and give us their names and ages. This is Arian. She's nine years old. Mm-hmm. This is Amira. She's seven years mm-hmm. old. This is Kansas. She's six years old. Mm-hmm. And this is Kylie. She's 15 years old. All right. Very <laughs> cool. Very cool. Well done. Uh, so, Dad, I believe the ladies have ganged up on you in this family. Wow. <laughs> Absolutely. Well done. Very well done. All right. Kevin and Alyssa. Kylie. Arian. Arian? Arian. Arian. I'm sorry. Amira. Amira. I can't do any of it. And Kansas. I'm messing it all up. Uh, from Indiana, <laughs> $72,000 paid off in 26 months, making 90 to 152 Count it down. Let's hear a debt-free scream. You ready, ladies? Thank you for changing, changing our, our family, family tree, tree, Dave. Three, two, one. We're, We're debt free. Yeah. Oh, way to go, you guys. <laughs> T-shirts say straight out of debt for those of you listening on the radio. I love it. This is the Ramsey Show. personality is my co-host today as we take your questions about work that you love how you build wealth and how you create real relationships stephanie's with us in louisville kentucky hi stephanie welcome to the ramsey show hi thanks for having me sure what's up well um so covid was actually a kind of lucky thing for us right at the very beginning um we were able to buy our first rental property um, right when rates were low, but before housing prices just skyrocketed, um, it came with a two-bedroom house and a three-bedroom with an extra office that they've been using as a fourth-bedroom um, double-wide. The regular house, it didn't really need a whole lot of work, even though it hadn't been lived in in a while. Um, so we, we threw some paint on it, um, did a couple of small things, and have been renting it out. I would like to fix up the double wide. It needs a lot of work, though. Um, and I'm this, since this is new to me, um, my husband grew up flipping houses, and he doesn't really want to participate beyond like giving advice. Um, so this is kind of my my little project. Um, but I don't really know where to draw the line as far as how much to cash flow for it because. You know, at the end of the day, it's still a double wide. Um, but I think that it would be, I mean, it, it, it's already there, um, and I'd like to get more rental income out of it. And I think, you know, long term, it might be a good thing. Um, I, you know, I don't want to be a slumlord, but I don't want to uh, make it the Taj Mahal either because it's still going to be a 30-year-old double wide. So I'm not sure, I guess, just how to go about that. Is there, like, a certain number as far as, how much I should put in, you know, that should be my absolute cap as far as what to put into it. Um, 
Well, what, what you have to what you have to consider is is that the long term play is the thing's worth zero. Yeah, that's where it's going. Yeah, I can't term. imagine it'll be. There's a day. There's a day years. that it do, they don't go up in value; they go down in value. Period. Yeah. Okay, so there's a day that it's worth zero. So that that tells us that's a different formula than fixing up the house, which is going up in value. Okay. Yeah. And, and so it's a different different way of looking at it, and so forth. What do you think you could rent it for if it was fixed up? Uh, if it's three bedrooms, I could probably get fifteen to eighteen. If it's four, um, somewhere in the sixteen to twenty. Okay, range. let's call. Let's or call it. Let's call it. We're talking fifteen hundred dollars a month. Yeah. Wow. Okay, that's an impressive figure. All right, so we're going to get fifteen hundred bucks a month. Um, and uh, what would you talk about spending on it? Because basically, here's let me limit. Let me go ahead and limit you. All right. Mm-hmm. You want to recoup it fast with fifteen hundred yeah. a month, because your other option is sell it and move it off the property before it goes down in value further. Yeah. If you if you're going to keep it, you're going to burn it to the ground, like driving a car into the ground kind of thing. And so mm-hmm. you want to recoup everything that you put in it with cash flow off the rental. And so if, you, if you're making $18,000 on it and you spend $36,000 on it, it's two years before you even get your money back. And it's not going mm-hmm. up in value. It's going down in value. So this is a pure, pure I'm going to trade some cash up front for a $1,500 a month income that will last for a while. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and tell you, your limit is a max of 30 Okay. How much have you got to spend on it? Well, I my gut tells me we, you know, I don't want to put more than about fifty into it. We've already got thirty put away um, for just kind of yeah. whatever we happen to. I, I, in if this. I were in your um, shoes, I wouldn't put over twenty twenty five in it. Okay, I'm gonna fix it because you're basically you're trading that twenty twenty five. You're gonna get that back, and only then are you making money. And from then on, that's the money that you make until it goes down to complete seed, and it's going to go down to mm-hmm. seed. That's How many square feet is the double wide? It's big. It's bigger than my house. It's um, eighteen hundred square feet. Okay. What could you sell it for today? Um, Somebody move it off the property. The three, three to five range, because um, it. We, someone actually was interested in it and got a quote for um, fifteen thousand to actually move it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really habitable right now. It's got a lot of holes in the walls mm-hmm. and. Um, a skylight that's leaking, but okay. if we were to fix it up, would take out. I'm gonna, I'm but, gonna change my mind. This is okay. a piece of trash. I'm gonna sell it. Yeah. Okay. You don't want to deal with what this is going to be for the next eight years, ten years. It's going to be a mm-hmm. constant headache. Yeah. It's not that you know. Okay. It, it's just going to be a problem, and it's not going up in value. I'm going to sell it for five. I'm going to take the 30 to 50 that I was thinking about spending in the wrong place, and I'm going to build a little property up there or something that goes up in value. That's exactly where I was leaning, Dave, is what could you build? If you want a rental property that bad, what could you build over time? Yeah. That's going to... Build on, on the same yeah. foundation yeah. that's there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes. not necessarily well, the not foundation, necess- but yeah. maybe maybe use the same septic system or the underground utilities that got there, some of the, some of the infrastructure there. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm just going to be thinking that way. Even if it takes me two or three more years to save up and spend 100 on something up there, I don't care, whatever you want to do. But I just want to think, I always buy real estate with a 20-year, 50-year mindset. I never buy it with a two-year mindset. Okay? 
I just don't do it. I, and consequently, I, the number of pieces of real estate I have sold in the last 30 years is one, two, three. I've sold three pieces of real estate. Everything else I have bought, I've kept. And that that's the way you make money in real estate. You don't make money in real estate. Now, you can make money flipping properties, but you don't make money in real estate with double wides. Now, you do make money in real estate with double wides uh, if you buy them on cash-on-cash basis, and the cash you put in, you may, like I, I know a guy who owns a trailer park, mm-hmm. okay, and that thing prints money, <laughs> okay, but you know he he's got five thousand dollar trailers right all over this park, you know, so like fifty or hundred thousand dollars worth of these things sitting there, and the stinking thing's throwing off fifty or hundred thousand a year, right? So he doesn't care if they're going up in value, right? He doesn't care if they're going down in value, sure. But basically, the thing is gradually deteriorating back to the earth. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's not going to be worth. And anything. I just wonder with the husband having a background in this, and she seems like she was going to do the work. He knows I that. wonder what they could build a twelve hundred square foot building for. I, I don't. You know, it'll, it'll, take, it'll take a lot these days. Yeah, but yeah, but still. Yeah, I, I'm just going to go that direction long term. I'm not screwing with this thing if it's me. You do whatever you want to do. I'm not stuck up. It's just a matter of math for me. Bethany is in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Hi, Bethany. How are you? Good. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? Uh, my husband and I are on baby step four and five, and we've got three kids. Um, he is looking at a career change that would take us back to school for about five years. Five years? Are, What's he studying? Uh, doctorate in psychology, so society. Okay. So he wants to be a psychologist? Yes. Okay. Um, anyway, so we're saving to go back to school. Um, we're assuming that he won't be able to work full-time while he's in school, so we're just trying to save up as much as possible. Why? And I was... Um, he could work full-time program. and complete a doctorate in five years. Sure he could. Has okay. he got his undergrad? Um, yes, but it's in engineering, so it's a it's a big career change. Okay. Well, I've I got two little kids. I'm doing this at night, and and it maybe takes me six years. But I think you can do it. I think you can do it in four, and do it part time. I, I mean, it does not take that to get a doctorate. You've got to do you got to do some undergrad studies to get some foundational mm-hmm. things, some prereqs under your belt, and then you got to yeah, go do the grad that. work, and and you know then you got to go through the doctoral process, and that can take some time. But uh, um, I, I'm going to roll up my sleeves and knock this out. But I'm I'm not quitting my job. No, absolutely not. He doesn't have to do that. And you guys need to dive in and get a lot of research and a lot of confidence in the clarity behind that. But that's absolutely Dave's absolutely right. And it it, it, it might delay a little bit, but it's also going to the return in in the delay is that there is no interruption of income, and you guys aren't unnecessarily sacrificing financially. Now he's going to sacrifice some sleep, but it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah, to go get to live his dream. But, yeah, I, I no, I'm going to sort of goof around at this, and I'm going to work part-time, and my family's going to starve while I do it. No, not something I'm signing up for. Yeah. No, I think we're going to roll up our sleeves and get some stuff done here. If that, that, if, again, that's what we do at the Ramsey House, and that's how we answer it here. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey folks, Ken Coleman here. Did you know The Ramsey Show is one of the most popular podcasts in the world? Get your daily dose of advice on life and money. Check out all of our shows from The Ramsey Network wherever you listen to podcasts.